Hey, Advanced Selling Podcast listeners, Bill Kasky here. Happy New Year to you. Hope you had a great holiday season, and Brian will be back uh, next week. We'll be in tandem again. But we've got a special treat for you this week. A couple weeks before the holidays, we were interviewed by a guy by the name of Jeff Shore. Jeff's really a good guy. He has a podcast called The Buyer's Mind, and he publishes every week, and it's a very good podcast. He interviewed Brian and I for it. So we just thought that we recorded it, and we just thought you'd like to hear it as well. He had some really good questions for us, maybe questions that we've never asked each other or questions that we've never answered on the air in the Advanced Selling Podcast. So we thought it might be an interesting treat for you. So without further ado, here is the interview that Jeff Shore did with Brian and I on the Buyer's Mind podcast. Well, we're going to do something a little different today on uh, the Buyer's Mind because um, we've actually got not one but two guests at the same time. And for many of you who are listening and you're, for those of you who are podcast junkies, and especially if you are a podcast junkie and in the sales world, well, my guests are going to need absolutely zero introduction at all because they are the hosts of the wildly successful podcast, the Advanced Selling Podcast Thrilled to have them on the buyer's mind. Welcome to Bill Kasky and Brian Neal, or perhaps Brian Neal and Bill Kasky. I don't <laughs> want to start any turf wars over here, no, but B and B, how's it going? I like we like B and B. We respond well with that. Mm-hmm. It's alphabetical. We we debate our agents. You know, hack the hash this out between the two of them. So we landed in a good spot, but that's fine. <laughs> We're it's, glad to be here, Jeff. It's in the contract somewhere. Yeah. Uh, just take us back to the very beginning because you, you've been doing the Advanced Selling Podcast for, for quite some time now. I mean, just 600 episodes. That's that's rare air for most podcasts uh, today. So many of them uh, come and go. But how did you start the podcast? Take us back to the origin here. Well, Brian and I are both radio geeks. And we were driving to Chicago one day and we started to compare notes about when we were in high school. And a lot of our paths were the same, even though I'm 100 years older than he is. (laughs) And we both loved radio. We both loved music. We both loved uh, just the whole radio scene. And so we thought, well, we should be on radio. So we got a radio show here in Indianapolis on a a 10,000 watt station, WXNT. We called it Business 360. It was Saturday at noon. Uh, probably the number one drive time, Saturday at noon. And I don't know if we had five listeners, but we didn't have very many. But we did it for about a year. And uh, Brian got, uh, he was a Big Ten football official. And so guess what day's Big Ten football is on? It's on Saturday. (laughs) So for about six months of the year, I was kind of winging it alone. And I said, yeah, we both said this is not working. So somebody introduced us to podcasting. Said you don't have to worry about timing. You don't have to worry about uh, all that other stuff. And so we got into it in 13 years ago in 2005, and we're 650-some episodes in, and uh, we love it. And this is this is proof that you don't have to be good at anything. You just have to start sooner and just keep doing <laughs> yeah, it over right. and over. That's right. Because uh, people say, how'd your podcast get so big? Literally, I, part of it is we just outlasted everybody. <laughs> we've just continued to do it. Uh, like I said earlier, we've got 650 free episodes um, and we actually do absolutely love it. We love the process. And we love our listeners. And it's a great, great medium. Well, one of the things that you do uh, quite well, and it's, it's, uh, I know many of our audience members are familiar with the, the Advanced Selling Podcast, is that the tone is, um, it's it's sort of, what's the old saying, right? We take our business seriously, our, ourselves less so. <laughs> we, we've got all of the stress and aggravation and negative environment that we want in our sales job day after day. Sometimes it's uh, a, a breath of fresh air to hear something that's just a little bit more, hey, can we all just sort of like take a chill pill and relax a little bit? It, 
is was that part of your strategy from the very beginning to to get your listener to step away from the mayhem and the chaos a little bit and just kind of kick your feet up a little bit? Yeah, no, no doubt. It's on, it was on purpose. We we always decided that we wanted to be just ourselves. We didn't want to do a shtick. We didn't want to yell at people and scream through the mic. It wasn't going to be a walk on hot coals sort of deal. And we wanted to let them in on our real lives, too. And so we just think by just the natural openness, the genuineness of who we are as people, we don't take ourselves seriously, um, that we've of all the comments that we've gotten over the years, the one that's consistent the most is I feel like I know you guys, I feel like I could hang out with you. Um, and so, so that was on purpose. And at the same time, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult because we just be us. And if you came and sat in the office with us and hung out or went to lunch with us, you'd be like, yeah, you guys are kind of like the same thing, you know, when you turn the mics on in the morning. Yeah. And I think it's one thing that cool, one thing that's kind of, well, that's okay. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, the the idea that Brian and I come into the studio, we meet, let's just say, at 9 o'clock on Monday, and we say, what's happening in your world? And he says, hey, I just had a client who's really struggling with their message. And we say, okay, let's do one on messaging. And he comes up with two or three things. I come up with two or three things. Never, no script. I mean, it's never scripted. But we do have some bullet points of things that we think it's important for our audience to hear. So, so in 15, 20 minutes, we have a podcast outlined, produced, and done. And then we hand it to Travis, who takes it from there. So it, it really is a fun process. And I think the secret there is to not over overanalyze it and overprepare. There's a direct uh, connection then over to what salespeople should be doing, right? You, you, you two talk about just being yourselves and uh, not trying to put on this persona or it's, it's not, it's, it's just two people who are being very, very real. And yet, what do we see? We see salespeople who sometimes think that they have to be somebody else, usually because they learn something bogus in a training session that says, if you say these words, these why all the time, you're, you're, and, and so we have salespeople that are, are, are a different human being. And I'm going to guess, I've never heard it from you directly, but I'm going to guess that two of you would say, uh, for God's sake, no, be yourself. It's the, be you're the, be you're the best at the world at being yourself. Yeah, that absolutely. When, when I was, uh, uh, early on in my uh, dating career, um, my girlfriend said, uh, I worked for Procter & Gamble right out of college, and she used to tell me that I had a P&G voice. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? She goes, you change your voice when you talk on the phone for work. I'm like, no, I don't. She goes, yeah, you do. <laughs> and then I started paying attention to that, and I did. I did the whole radio jockey voice like you just did. Yeah. Like the phone would ring in the morning, and i like <clears throat> clear it out like – Hello, this is Brian. Hey, can I help you today? Brian, Procter & Gamble, where can I, can I sell you some diapers or toilet paper? You know, and it was, yeah. it was so not real. And the whole thing was, was a shtick because I was taught that I had to be this way, say these things. And people can see right through all that these days. The other thing mm -hmm. is that takes effort. Yeah. It takes no effort to be me. You're gonna, some are like it, some hate it, but it's, no, it's effortless. It takes lots of effort to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah, sometimes in in class we will role play with people, and if we if they're not familiar with our our stick, the way we start, we say, "Okay, I'm the buyer, you're the seller. Let's hear it," and they they magically transform, like Brian said, into this <laughs> into this automaton, you know, there's somebody else, somebody different, and I would say, "Okay." Now, just talk to me like I'm Bill. Just, just forget about the role play. Just talk to me. And they go back to the perfect voice. I call it the perfect voice. The perfect voice is your voice. It's not the manufactured persona voice, like you said, Jeff. It's just be who you are. If that's not good enough, then either maybe you either ought to get out of, your, out of the sales organization or out of your company, or it's not a prospect. 
you know, I, I love the idea of, of, uh, of in, in a trading session, I've seen this happen many, many times, where perhaps it's time to ask for the sale. It's time to invite somebody to buy. And uh, I always tell salespeople at that point, it's like, I don't know what script you're trying to memorize right now, <laughs> but certainly not mine. But, but think about what's just happened here. You've just spent 60 minutes, 90 minutes, maybe two weeks talking to these people. If you don't like them and they don't like you now, you have a fundamental <laughs> problem that goes far <laughs> deeper than whether or not you can ask <laughs> for a right, coach. Yes. Just, this, this is a friend of yours. Just ask like you would ask your sister. Come on, it's yes. not that hard. Let's just do it. Like, like, there's no no reason to dance around it. Like, if I like you, let's go. You know, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are, are there particularly interesting interviews that have come up that you look back on and now? Oh boy, the, you know the time we had. So and so. And sometimes, you know, for me, I'm we're we're not as prolific as as you are. We've been doing uh, the buyer's mind now for a year and a half, which I think. Is certainly outlasts a lot of podcasts, but but uh, I look back and I go, boy, there are certainly guests that are going to, you know, pop out. You know, we had Seth Godin on the show; it was phenomenal. But yeah. then there are people that just totally surprise you, and you go, wow, I, I I didn't know who you were, but that was amazing. When you look back on your podcast, are there some interviews that you hung up the phone and went, that that was out, I, that was my mind was blown right there. Hmm. I've got I've got two that came to my mind, but for different reasons than well, who are you just two? Because I've got two as well. Well, uh, one was the rabbi. Oh, Rabbi Daniel. Rabbi Lappin. Daniel Lappin. Mm-hmm. Yep, from up in uh, Seattle, I think, or off yep. the coast up there. He lives on an island, doesn't he? Something yep. like that. And then the other one for me was Grant Cardone. I have Grant, Grant, Grant Cardone on because he he can be a polarizing guy in the sales world. A lot yeah. of people think, oh gosh, right. but you know what? He was so giving. He would have talked to us for another two hours <laughs> if we'd have let him. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. His energy just came through, and I said, you know, and a lot of people like. We had one guy that said, hey, I can't believe you guys had right. Grant Cardone. Uh, right. How, how mm-hmm. dare you, all this stuff? Well, I actually called that listener. He had put his phone number mm-hmm. in there, and I called him. He was shocked that I called him. We had one. one Did you one, yell one, at him? I didn't yell at Yeah, yeah. I said, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A 10X you put your thing. Grant come Cardone on, face yeah. on? I did not do that. Um, My memory is yeah. is of uh, Jack Canfield. You know oh, who Jack yeah. Canfield mm-hmm. is Jeff. Oh, Jack. And, sure. uh, yeah, absolutely. He yeah. was awesome. He, he just was. and he's mm-hmm. probably what seventy five. I At mean, least, he's yeah. uh, he's just a great guy. And I remember to this day we started the podcast, and he said, "Hey, before we go live, I just want to tell you guys that I appreciate you so much having me on. You guys do really good work, and I just want to tell you that it's it people are paying attention. So thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. I thought." Nobody ever says that no. today. I mean, that's yeah, the gentleman right. of yeah. of kind of a years gone by, and a, mm-hmm. and a past that he was just he was so appreciative. Now, was it a move? I don't know. if You probably never listened to us, but it was so genuine that uh, thought that's kind of a lost art, you know? especially a guy that has sold yeah. six billion exactly. books in his life. It's yeah. not, sure. not a bad yeah. deal. So. Right. And right, I would also right, tell right. you this is good because I think this is one of the reasons that this made the advanced selling podcast what it is. And I'm sure as you're growing your market too, same deal is that the, the interviews we've done with our listeners, to me, stand out the most because yeah. it gives a voice to the listener where all of a sudden it's like, wow, you guys are actually connecting with your listeners. And we've had multiple mm-hmm. listeners on the show. Every time we do that, I'm, I feel so good about what we're doing and what people yeah. are doing and uh, the, the fact that, that we all need each other. This is a community where we all yeah. need to support each other. It's been a, that's, that's, those are my favorite for yeah. sure. You know, I just had uh, on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, her name is Molly Jacobs. You've never heard of her. She's out of Reno. She's a she's a frontline salesperson. She's an actively selling, but her product is cardboard boxes. She sells boxes <laughs> to companies that ship stuff. And I had to bring her on because she's nailed. She's great at what she does. But I had to bring her on just ask the question: If there is there anything more commoditized <laughs> yeah, than a cardboard yeah. box? Yes, yeah. right. No. That's 
it. And to hear the way that she stands out uh, herself was just was really, really rich. But now you have to go back and connect the dots on something. Hey, we're going to do this podcast. We're going to do this advanced selling podcast. We're really going to get into the nitty and gritty about uh, about selling and how people make more make people more effective. And so, of course, we need to bring on um, a rabbi from Seattle. Would you please connect the dots here for me, please? I believe his uh, discussion is about money. And earning money, right, and, and commerce, and he talks, he puts a little bit of his faith in there, and he talks about how in his faith and the Jewish faith, uh, how they're taught yeah. to attract and uh, keep and collect money for what they do, and they have a really, really uh, unique uh, viewpoint on that subject. And so because making money is uh, in the mix of the sales right. game, we thought it'd be interesting for our listeners to have uh, Rabbi Lappin come on and just talk about the philosophy uh, that he and, and some of the people that share his faith have about earning money. And talk he does. He did talk. That was the other thing we had. A, <laughs> he is a, he's a one-question interviewer. You he ask was. him one question, yeah. and 20 minutes later... Um, right, but, you just take a nap, go you get just your take coffee. a nap, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But yeah. his, his right. topic right. was really good, because we think of money as income. He thinks of it as tied to value. And he says the reason that the Jewish population is so good at it is, is that we're taught or they're taught early that this is all about how much value can you deliver to your customers. And the more value you deliver, the more money you will make. But don't look at it that way. Look at it. What can I give? And and he wrote a whole book. I can't remember the name of it, but he was really good. And I like it when people come on and they can reframe things. Maybe your salesperson the, the, or for the box company did that too. It's, let's reframe how we think about things. And when you do that, then new vistas kind of open up to you. Sure, sure. Uh, let's, you know, you mentioned having Grant Cardone on the show, and I, I agree, he can be very polarizing. I don't think that would be a newsflash to uh, uh, Grant Cardone. Uh, but, you know, there are some people that are going to look at it and say that there are two schools of thought. There's, on, there's sort of an old school, new school thing going on there. Um, and do you subscribe to that idea that there is this you know, old clothes at all costs, and you know we're going to pound them until they uh, we beat our customers in this uh, submission. And then there are others over here who are like, no, 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 let's come alongside, and you know we're going to make a friend, and then and both are going to take pot shots at the other, right? Where, where where do you guys fall on that continuum? That you you just answered it with your last word is continuum. I don't see it as a as a binary answer. You're not an old school or new school. It's a, it's a sliding continuum and. I'm also not a fan that there's one way to do something. I think the the mm-hmm. pros that I've been around uh, in sales and in, in my football life are constantly looking for a slight edge at the margin for super high performance. And so whether that means my behavior goes up like old school, like I'm going to ramp my behavior up and do more push-ups and I'm going to make more calls, and that's one thing. Or if I want to really dial in on my messaging and make it ex- exquisite yeah. and and really craft it, that's another more of the new school thing. And I think they all go together. Personally, I'm trying to find the best of all of those and put them together for maximum yeah. performance in the middle. Yeah, I think what, what Grant talks about a lot, uh, at least on the podcast, was that interaction with a customer. And that's what you're talking about, Jeff, is how do, how do I interact with a customer either aggressively or subtly or passively? And I feel like today, if you're going to take your income from, let's just say, a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand a year. You're going to triple your output. I don't think it's a it's a game. I don't think all the game is played you in front of the customer. 
I think the game is played through you getting right mentally, through you getting fit, through, as Brian said, you crafting your message, you testing your message out, you practice speaking, you practice video, you do podcasting, you get interviews, you write, all those things together, and the sum of those things are what takes your income and triples it. I don't think it's all customer interaction, yet that's where we typically go when someone asks mm-hmm. a question. They usually go to, okay, I've got this customer, and they said this, and I said that, and they said this, and I said that. What should I say next? And I feel like I think there's a bigger game at play here than just customer interaction. Don't you? I mean, you talk about the, the mindset, and as do mm-hmm. we. Well, you know what's really interesting is that uh, just as I, I asked that question, and then you both jumped in on it, and I want to point out that for both and both for both of you, your your voice tone changed a little bit. You mm. you you both got really serious about this, and I'm not suggesting that it was uh, out of character by any stretch, or that you became a different person. But clearly, you take this stuff really seriously, and you've got this sort of this fun loving. Hey, we don't have to take ourselves too seriously, but you clearly take this very very seriously. I, that was actually kind of inspiring to me, and I. I do feel like when I'm getting into this, when I'm when I'm when I'm peeling back the layers and trying to figure out what goes on in a customer's mind when they're making a decision, I get really, really wonked mm-hmm. out about that in a in a wonderful way. It's almost getting stepping into this zone where it's like feed me, feed me, feed me. I want to know more and more and more. Oh, that's really mm, good. That's a that's good, good catch. What very observant here. So you tricked us there. Yeah, no, Jeff. that was great. Now I'm sweating. Now I'm like so fired up. <laughs> I'm not going to say like, I'm done. Go ahead, you guys. Finish throw it stuff. That no, was really, really good. Very, very accurate too, because we do. It is. I think if you're going to put yourself out in our world, you have to take a stand for something, even yeah. if it's a stand yeah. for the middle or whatever that is. You've got to have some answers uh, and still be open to new ideas at the same time. I think living in that. That sphere is really yeah. important. I think uh, I listened to a, a guy's podcast named Michael Gervais, Finding Mastery, and he was talking. He's a performance coach, and and of course, everybody's a performance coach today, but I actually think he really is a performance <laughs> coach because he studies it, doctor, PhD, and all that. But he talks. Mm-hmm. He talked the other day about, are you playing a part or are you, are you the part? And I think a lot of times salespeople were playing the parts and we're not really in it. We're, we're, we're just, we're, we've kind of memorized our lines and we have mm-hmm. all the good responses and we, we have memorized some technique and mechanics, but we're not really into it. We're not, we're not, we're not the part of the problem finder and the problem solver and the representative. I think, so I, I it's a, that's a weird thing and I don't know how to explain it other than I think great actors aren't playing a part. They are the part. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, yeah. so, I yeah. think we can all learn from that. You know, but I think with great actors is that they've studied their craft so well yes. that they know how to be the part. And you know, there's a great scene from Midnight Cowboy with uh, Dustin Hoffman and John Voight walking across the street in New York City. And Dustin Hoffman almost gets hit by a cab. And, and, and the, that now, you know, uh, the famous line, it's ubiquitous. I'm walking here. I'm walking. <laughs> and, and it totally. And, well, the fact is, most people don't know. Dustin Hoffman almost got hit by a cab. That was not in the script. That was not <laughs> oh, supposed to happen. Oh, I didn't know that. And he did not step out of character for a second. He was that guy. Mm. And I think that's the idea. If if we're if we're trying to be somebody that we're not, then what happens when you get a curveball? You, you there's no way that you know yeah. how to be able to. Yeah, that. no doubt. See, the difference between you and us, Jeff, is that you talk about classic movies like Dustin Hoffman, and we talk about <laughs> movies like The Jerk with Steve Martin. We just Dumb and Dumber. We did Dumb and Dumber. We just. Had had a whole thing today where we talked about the jerk 
because uh, Navin was I, it Navin R. Johnson. I would also guess all three of us have run into this in the classroom in front of an audience when you say a line from an 80s movie yeah. and the audience is all 27 <laughs> like, and they what? stare you like you got four heads. <laughs> like I was born in 89, man. I'm like, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> we do some music uh, trivia yeah. sometimes on the podcast and Brian is always telling me, you know, Bill, you can't go back to the 70s all the time. You got to come <laughs> back to the right. current millennium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Grant Cardone. Let's talk about another guy who can be, uh, at least to some people, polarizing in uh, the sales world. Let's talk about Gittimer. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had him on the podcast. I have. Um, I, I've, I've met him a, f- a few times through events at the National Speakers Association. Uh, what's your take on Gittimer? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know him super well. Uh, stuff I love, I believe he is who he is. That's why I like mm-hmm. him so much. I mean, I just yeah. actually, it's funny you bring him up because I quoted him this morning in our meeting. If you watch when he promotes things on LinkedIn, he'll say, you know, this is coming to your to a town near you and da, 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 tell both your friends. He just has that yeah. fun kind of edge. Uh, I'm a big <laughs> fan of how he is. I don't know about yeah. his tactical material. I think he's done a brilliant mm-hmm. job marketing yeah, himself. He owns marketer. an entire end cap yeah. in, uh, you know, Barnes and Noble when there used to be Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. But you know what I mean? He's done a really, really great job with that. Uh, and I think he's the real deal. There's still so, Barnes and Nobles out yeah. there. Oh, barely. Okay. Yeah. There's a, a, Amazon's you new book, book. You got an end cap and Amazon. You know what I did for the first time last night? Sorry, Jeff. Excuse us. I bought a, a book Go. on Amazon. When's the you last time you bought had, a book on Amazon? You oh, never bought Well, that's what they started with. And I, last oh, right. night, my son needs a book for high school. Oh, okay. And I thought, oh, my God, I haven't bought a book on Amazon for like 10 years. Oh, wow. Anyway. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. Jeff Gittimer. I, I, I uh, respect him a lot, though, based on what he's done from a marketing yeah. standpoint, building a great business. Yeah. And uh, I've heard him interviewed a couple of times. He's okay. I, I, don't, uh, I don't see him as polarizing, though, as Grant. Uh, no, I don't either. Yeah. No, no. But I bet if we, if we say, he, he, uh, th- you definitely nailed the idea that he is who he is. Yeah. It doesn't matter when you talk to him in what setting, he is who he is. There yeah. is an authenticity. And I think he would look at it and go, I am who I am. If yes. you don't like it, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. Yeah. So. We had we had a good, a good friend of ours, a friend of our show who worked for a very uh, well-known, I'll leave the names out, person who does a, a, a big business uh, and actually had him at one of the events, had Jeff Gittimer at one of the events. And she said, yeah, he is who he is. And sometimes it doesn't play well. But, you know, for me, I like the guy that owns who it he is. is who he is. Yeah. 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 What what non-sales experts do you to follow that you, that, that you revere, that you would – and perhaps that you would love to have on the podcast or perhaps already have. But what are the, who are some of the non-sales experts out there that you, you think are worth, uh, worth listening to? I was going to say Jeff Shore, but you're a sales expert, so let's stra- scratch that one. We'll, we're That's do who this. I had on my exactly. list, too. Serious. It's, um, uh, it, it's going to sound a little cliche, but it just is. Uh, Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. I'm just a huge fan of how he rolls his business. More than anything, yeah. I love the fact that he has a company, an actual company, a nine-figure revenue company that does business with big businesses. Uh, that's his deal while he's doing mm-hmm. this kind of independent brand promoting thing yeah. where I feel like a lot of internet marketing people just kind of, it's like closed loop. You know, they teach you how to internet right. market to internet marketers where Gary Vee's mm-hmm. got a real freestanding company with growth plan. And I just love how he rolls and uh, love his approach to things. And I also think he is who he is. Same deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to yep. go back and listen to your Seth interview. I never heard, I didn't yep. hear that, uh, but I really like mm-hmm. Seth Godin. I heard him interviewed. Yeah. Uh, Tim Ferriss had him on the other day, and he's got a brand new book out on marketing. And I, I've always, I've always felt like he looks at the world at a level slightly beneath everybody else or above. You know, that's, mm-hmm. he he carves out a layer that's just a little bit below and beyond where we think, and that's really inspiring. Uh, I, I think everybody ought to read and listen to Seth. So that would be mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think people get wrong about selling today? When when you when you look at uh, let, let's just face it, the, the 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 continuum of presentation levels from horrific to stellar. What drives you a little nuts when you see this taking place in a, a sales presentation? Oh, I um, with all of the avail the available coaching training, the modernization of sales. Um, it drives me crazy when I see people still load their entire uh, future behind a fifty eight slide PowerPoint slide deck and do a demo for someone on a phone call that's a 60-minute meeting, and they talk for 58 minutes. And I see that mm -hmm. all the time, especially in tech companies and SaaS companies. Yeah. They're so product and marketing-driven that the product and marketing own the slide deck, and they just load it, load it with platitudes <laughs> and data and things, and there's just no interaction. And I'm just going, where... You know, I just don't understand where that comes from, the lack of interaction sometimes, especially in a demo slash... Um, presentation format. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I would say for me, it's, uh, and, and Brian and I have both been in a lot of companies where the, the owner or the VP of sales will bring us into work and he'll say, you know, my people are pretty good. They're, you know, they're really good. And then we, then we hear them and this is, I guess it is very, I always say, this is not judgmental. Actually, it's very <laughs> judgmental. No, they're really not. And it's not because they're not good people, but it's the little tiny things. It's, you know, something little like when someone asks a question to acknowledge the asking of the question, not by saying, oh, that's a good question. Let me answer that. But, you know, that's, that's really good. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean. Just, just that back and forth, which is so simple. And it's such a minor thing that people pass over these minor things. And so mm -hmm. we look at, well, how many slides does your slide deck have and what's the color scheme? And we say those are major things. I think how we treat people, how we ask questions, how we answer questions, how we keep them psychologically okay in the process is really important. And very few people pay much attention to yeah. that. I think the core mm -hmm. problem, and Bill and I talk about on the podcast a lot, is, is the intention of the salesperson. Yeah. And most, unfortunately, most salespeople carry an intention to get in all these scenarios or an intention to hope to be chosen, that sort of thing. And so their energy is created from that point of view. Yeah. And then all their words and actions follow suit. And everyone can tell when you're there to try to get something. When you flip the intention around and your intention is there to serve and to learn and be curious and to collaborate and things like that, it changes everything that comes out of your mouth and every action Absolutely. that you engage in. So that, to me, is the problem Absolutely. is having proper intention. Yeah, it's one of the things we talk about on the buyer's mind all the time, the idea that if you know your customer well enough, that sale begins to roll out right in front of you. And too many salespeople want to roll out the sale first, yeah. uh, show you how it easy it is for you to buy my amazing product. <sighs> and they have no idea who they're talking to. It just it drives me nuts. That's, a, nuts. that's a great hey, way to say it. We're just about out of time. Yeah. Um, uh, I, but before we uh, before we go here, we're going to put you both on the hot seat. So mm -hmm. rapid fire yep. questions, rapid fire answers, uh, and uh, listeners, just you know, Bill's going to answer first, and then Brian's going to answer uh -oh. each of these questions. Here Love we it. go. All right, uh, Bill, you're leading off here. Your very first job was what? Paper boy, twelve years old, forklift driver, seventeen. Love it. I beat him. Uh, when you were 10, you thought you would be what? FBI, FBI agent, because I love the show, nice. the FBI. Fighter pilot. Sure. There you go. Fighter pilot. Wow. Okay. Uh, the most beautiful place you've ever stood. Oh, man. Oh, the beautiful place I ever stood. Wow. I, I got it. I think it's the Grand Canyon, the lip of the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. 
Mine's Zion National Park, 6 a.m. in the morning. There you go. Okay. Uh, Any book that you read that made a profound impact on your life? Any book, Bill? Other than mine? (laughs) <laughs> uh, you had to say that. I was or, say or, mine, or, or mine. Or, or yours. Uh, that's what, did I say mine? Yeah, I meant it. yours. Uh, uh, profound effect. Man, that's really good. I think it's uh, James Allen, As a Man Thinketh. Whew. Heavy. <laughs> profound. Heavy. You've probably never read that, Brian. No, you've uh, read I've it. Skimmed it. You've read I've it. skimmed it. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with uh, Scary Close. Scary close. Scary it's close. about relationships. Right. It is, is Donald Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Donald, Donald Miller. Miller. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Scary close. Love it. So how many Love people it. who a- who answer that question choose the Bible? No. I, no. I, I rarely hear it. Okay. I usually okay. hear uh, think and grow rich yeah. or uh, see you at the top or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Because right. right. part more of me like, uh, well, I need, I need to answer the Bible. That would be the politically correct right. thing to do. But Sure, um, sure, yeah. sure. Anyway. Uh, a movie you've seen multiple times, but you can't help it. You have to watch it again when it comes on. Bill? <laughs> the Jerk. I mean, yeah, I've seen that. I was not recently, but I've seen that. it a dozen <laughs> times probably. Yeah. I'm going to get murdered for my answer. It's Can't Buy Me Love. It's an 80s chick flick. <laughs> Ronald Miller. Oh, it's the Ronald God. Miller story. It's brilliant. <laughs> Wow, Ronald Miller. I have one more question, but I don't know how we can top that. Uh, <laughs> all right, here is last last question. The name of your first celebrity crush? Well, I suppose it was uh, Roger Brown who played <laughs> what? Who played what? basketball for the Indiana Pacers, and I just I just loved him. And I know that you're maybe thinking a female crush, but. Everything I did, I did like Roger Brown. He was an awesome player, and so that's that's my initial celebrity. Just I wanted to be like him. That's great. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, mine's easy. Tatum O'Neill in Bad News Bears. Mm. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get enough of that. Fantastic. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. All right, you're off the hot seat. Uh, uh, Brian and Bill, just fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for giving your your very, very valuable time. That was really, really a lot of fun. But thanks even more so for what you're doing and have been doing for a long time. I know there are so many thousands of sales professionals around the world who you know, they give and they give and they give. That's what they do for a living. But you can only give that what you have inside. And I think that's what you guys do. You, you fuel people. You give people that energy uh, that they need in order to do something very, very valuable for the rest of society. So thanks for all you do. Thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. That was awesome. Appreciate you too. Likewise.